Welcome to Incubator by Planet Ant Podcasts. My name is Mike McGettigan, executive producer of the network. At Planet Ant, we pride ourselves on exploring new talent and bringing new voices to the stage. So we're bringing that to the world of podcasting. We'll regularly feature six-episode short-run series commissioned exclusively for the Incubator podcast. Some of these might become full-run podcasts of their own, and some might just stay within what we're doing here. Incubator. Stick around. You might like what's next. What will become of Dawn and Betty? What's gonna happen to Pete and Peggy? For Kate, it's a mystery. For Ashley, a mystery. It's time to hear Mad Women. Hey. Hello there. Welcome to our newest episode of Mad Women. (laughs) I'm Kate. I'm Ashley. For now, until until I change it. Right. That's an ever-moving goalpost, is what your real name is? Well, the contender right now is Flamingo Jones. And then I Google searched that name, and there was a fella by that name who uh, got arrested for, I think, attempted murder? So I might Well, you can it. do better than that. Right? But I really love that there is someone in the world named Flamingo Jones. That's incredible. Right. I think you should be the, I think you should also be Flamingo Jones, and you should also, you think you should actually murder somebody. (laughs) Because then you would like, yeah. Just to really confuse the Google results. Oh, yeah. To be like, there's a lot of Flamingo Jones news here, but I can't tell. There's also a band called Flamingo Jones. So maybe I should murder someone with music. Is this a reference to somebody? Something no, like, I. Why? It just it just came up one day. Flamingo Jones. It's and one I of the, lo- it has a nice ring. It's like how um, everyone who grew up as Katie became Katie Bug, and it just naturally oh. happens. Like I, my parents will call me Katie Bug. Interesting. And lots of other Katies are, but and it's just hmm. I could really get into some Joseph Campbell theory here <laughs> about just how we're all. We're all people and we all come. So we're going to be talking about season one, episode five of Mad Men 5G today. And it was a real journey to get here. Yeah. Because we haven't recorded since what? April? Something like that. That sounds about right. It's now August. It's August. It's fully. August 8th. Yeah, we are over a week into August. Um, <laughs> but but we, you, know, you know what? We made it. happens. We, we sure as hell did. Pandemics happen. Um, it's all right. They just keep on happening. They continue to happen. Yeah. Uh, and at some point between April and August, specifically June, uh, Netflix decided to screw everybody over and take Mad Men off. Yeah, that was really rude. It was rude as hell. Because Mad Men has been on there, like, since Netflix existed. Really? Yeah, it's always been on the streaming service, and I just assumed it always would be. You know what? They knew that we were coming, and they felt we were too powerful, and Absolutely. they had to slow us down. Yeah, they're always coming after us. Mm-hmm. I think big, big streaming. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but they hate us. Yeah. But, so I sent you a very long word fuck in a text <laughs> yesterday morning when I realized that. Right. 
And then I was like, I'll pay it. I'll pay $70 to watch every episode of Mad Men. I don't give a shit. Uh, but then Amazon Prime now also involves IMDb TV, which yeah. is just within Amazon. And it's just Mad Men with commercials, which yeah. is not that bad. It wasn't so bad. I saw Amy Schumer need to buy a tampon. Oh, whatever. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Several times. Several times. Mm-hmm. But at least the commercials were short. What I hate yes. about Hulu, because yes. you pay for Hulu, and then the yes. commercials are like a solid seven minutes long each time. It's outrageous. It is outrageous. But it's also part of big streaming, Fuck pushing big you streaming. to get paid Hulu, which is what I did at the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> because I was like, I cannot watch another episode of King of the Hill with 14 commercial breaks. <laughs> You need those propane references to come really fast. And propane accessory references. Exactly. Exactly. That's our next podcast. Queens of the Hill. I <gasps> Yes. Yes. There's a podcast. Have you listened to any of um Scott Ackerman and Adam Scott's Are You Talking You Two to Me? Are no. You Talking R E M Re Me? <laughs> so they have like their first season was just going through every album of U2s and the next season was every album of R.E.M.'s. I dipped out during R.E.M. because I don't really I don't like U2 Mm -hmm. but I really don't care about (laughs) R.E.M. And then their third season was Are You Talking R.H.C.P. Ray Me? And it was Red Hot Chili Peppers. But then in just episode two they're talking about they're just like talking and then someone brings up Talking Heads and they're like, would you rather just do a Talking Heads podcast? And they were both like, yes, I would yes. much rather be talking. And so now it is, are you talking Talking Heads to my Talking Head? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm right, like, I finally need, a I band I like. Yeah. It's so good. Right, just start an episode it. two of the third season. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, it's good I'm stuff. ready for that. So we're talking Mad Men today. Yes, um, finally. 5G, and... Is that what it was called? That's the name of the episode. Really? Yes. They were so ahead of their time. So ahead of their time. They were trying to warn us. They were. About getting the old corona. Wow. I did but, not notice that's what it was titled. Um, it's like, it's it's the it's the name on the... It's the door that Adam is staying. Right. It's, the, right, it's right, his right. apartment or hotel room. Right. Um, so the whole thing starts out with Don and Betty coming home from an awards show. Mm-hmm. Don's been recognized. And she looked fabulous. fabulous. That looked like a wedding dress. Right? Yes. She yes. She could have gotten married as hell in that dress. But and also, he looked great. He looked well, like James Bond. sure. He always does. I mean, come on. Uh-huh. But also, who sleeps in a corset? Holy shit. That looked like the like, most uncomfortable. Bitch. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it was like, they go to sleep and they're both beautiful. They're Ken and Barbie. <laughs> and then they wake up and she's got makeup all over the thing. And he lo- and they're, they're just coughing. Yeah. Like, why, are they, you co- why do hangovers make you cough? <laughs> I don't know. That's not a thing. I another- have a feeling they smoked a lot. <laughs> Listen, that was another warning about Corona. Yes. I think this whole thing, you're right. It's all making sense. It's all... Oh. I almost neglected your predictions for this episode. Oh, shit. Before we get too far. Okay, what did I predict? You said 
Mama Merkin gone. I was correct. So that's Menken. Well, but we call her Merkin. Um, oh no, <laughs> let's not. <laughs> I my uh, scribbles are not good for me. All right, Mama Menken. We were just gonna roll with Merkin. Though. <laughs> Maybe my new name instead of Flamingo Jones should be Mama Merkin. That's your drag name. Yes. Uh, so no Rachel Menken in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Pete gonna kiss ground. Don Dropper walks on for 30 minutes. Don Dropper? <laughs> what is my problem? <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> Don Dropper. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, he may come to some revelation slash exposed oh oh i was pretty spot on i think you were referring to pete but mm, maybe it was, it was dropper. don dropper <laughs> <laughs> um and then there's a quote here that i think is also supposed to be from pete Ooh, draper baby what can i do for you <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he said, Betty will clip off small body part and give to Glenn. <laughs> and just throughout the whole series, we'll give more small yeah. body parts. I'm I'm still predicting that will happen. Yeah. You said Peggy would be back in a big way. She was. She certainly was. This was, it took a little while. Yeah. But she came back. There'll be a new flirt for Dawn. Not exactly. No. He was Old preoccupied. Flirt. Old flirt. Art bitch. Art bad bitch midge. Um, yeah. Pregnant neighbor birth won't go well. <laughs> uh, that's... All right, she's still just pregnant. She's just a pregnant. Forever. So she just... That's her character is just pregnant. <laughs> she never gives birth. Perpetually pregnant Patty. Yep. And then the you predict, predicted that the lingo would be they would... Use the term finger in terms of ordering booze. <laughs> Give me three fingers. Of... Maybe that's what Adam should have offered. He's yes. like, would you like two fingers of gin? Yes. I found it under a couch. <laughs> I'm going to try. So an, in addition to the saga of finding where Net Mad Men was, I also watched episode six yesterday. Yes. And then you were like, so we're watching episode five. And I said, well... Yeah. Back to IMDb TV. <laughs> um, so I'm going to try real hard not to refer to yes, the please. wrong episode today. Because I did not yet watch, and I still need to make predictions for yes. episode six. I respect the sanctity Thank you. of that. Um, no spoilies. No spoilies. <laughs> All right. So Don wins an award. He got his picture in advertising age. Good for him. Good for him. There was a lot of being published in this episode. A lot of being published. Because Ken got a... Sh Ken Cosgrove, coming out of left field, got a short story in Atlantic Monthly. Well, now look at that, and everybody's being a little bitch about it. Everybody is so mean. They're so mean. And why do you care? But you know why? Yeah. Because we did not yet have YouTube. And the only way to make a name for yourself was to have somebody else make it for you. I.e. the Atlantic Monthly. Not everybody could put their shitty ideas out into the world like you can now. Right. You couldn't just fire up your WordPress blog and... Right. Your live journal. 
I bet Pete would be so big on like Reddit threads. Girl, you know he's on 4chan. He he would be the worst just incel. Yeah. Just a goddamn Pete. Fucking Pete. Um, and I think also because it's the account guys that are like, hey, we're not creative. We're not supposed to be recognized. We're just... Because so Don, like, accounts won the award, but everyone's congratulating Don because they know Don is the creative one that actually created it. Right. And so all these account guys are like, wait, Pete, or no, Ken, <laughs> you're, you're not... You're, you win the award this way, but you don't actually get your... I don't know. Yeah. It's so complex. They're all being little bitches. Mad Men, you know, they, they use period-specific dress, mm-hmm. and they're very careful with their um, objects lying around. It's all very much from the time. Mm-hmm. And I like that they also use phraseology that is archaic from that AKA time. AKA lingo. Hey, that's right. <laughs> Not necessarily old-timey Western lingo like you like them to use. <laughs> But they do use lingo. Yeah. And one thing, like, Pete's catchphrase is, a thing like that. Mm, mm-hmm. And he says that to Ken, and he says it throughout the ep series. But it's such a, it's one of those things where it makes you realize how phrases don't actually mean anything when right. they become just, like, a, just a phrase in and of itself. Because a thing like that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. But it's... Pete, just a thing like that. And he does a lot of darlings as well. Everybody's darling. darling. Mm. His wife. Mm. Darling. And that's... So Pete has his own... Ken's story being published shoots off into Ken defending himself from all the assholes. Mm -hmm. But it makes Pete wildly jealous. Mm -hmm. And he's like, my dad reads the atlantic monthly Mm -hmm. and now we're getting to the real but now listen does his dad know who the fuck kenneth cosgrove is why would his dad know who this person is i think the issue is not that his dad's gonna admire ken it's that if his dad saw saw him in it Mm -hmm. which is why he gets so mad when it's only in boys town boys 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 time? What is Boys it? time. Boy boyness USA. In Busy Boys Boys Life. Boys, life. <laughs> boys Town. In Boise, Idaho's In newspaper. Good old Boise Baguette. <laughs> yep, yep. The the Baguette Gazette. The Baguette that's what you would write. Hell yeah. Ooh. Why have you not written the Baguette Gazette, Kate? I like that very much. I know you too. <laughs> uh, I kind of started a bread blog last night. It's a different conversation. Okay. Well, um, quickly rename it to the Baguette Gazette. Done. And it, and credit me. Writing that down. Thank um, you. So, yeah, the, so, yeah, go on. Kenneth, everybody's getting jealous of him. Meanwhile, they're working on this new account that's mm-hmm. just meant to be sleazy. It's, the executive account. Yeah. It's like, how can we make banks more sleazy? Right. Let's add deceiving women <laughs> right. onto right. it. How can we make the world more misogynistic? Yes. How can we make money benefit men more than Even it already does? more. Right. And the answer is an executive account. An executive account. Which is another, it's like another interesting artifact that I don't, 
I feel like that's something I might have heard of, but I have never thought about it. Um, mm-hmm. And now I want one, but I don't have anyone to hide money from. <laughs> the cats. <laughs> don't yeah, let the Harrison gonna... Bloom know what's happening. They're always checking my bank statements. <laughs> and it, like so many things, these executive accounts kind of underlie everything else that's happening in the episode. Right. Right. Because bad bitch Midge does come in. Your strumpet yes. trumpet. Um, Good old strumpet trumpet Midge. The art bitch. Yeah. So she's the art bitch. <laughs> she calls his office and then Peggy overhears them talking. Yes. And her world is shattered. Yes. I loved when Midge was saying, like, she she named herself, like, a trumpet player or something. And then... Mm. Like, she was like, I forget the name that she oh, yeah. named herself. And he's like, who's that? And she was like, the trumpet player. I'm yeah. ready to play the horn. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I liked that. Yeah. Trumpet, trumpet. Strumpet, um, trumpet. Yeah. She, like, knew it was happening. This ep- this whole episode <laughs> is just about predicting the future. Yeah. I'm shocked and appalled. Matthew Weiner, you could have done so much more. <laughs> right? Warn yeah. us more broadly. Yeah. <laughs> Be <laughs> overt, please. So Don leaves and Peggy's like, I know where he's going. My favorite line later mm-hmm. is when she's telling Joan. And yes. she was like, he came back greasy and calm. <laughs> I wrote that down too. Which is my new, that's my new go-to phrase <laughs> for when anyone has had sex. You look greasy and calm. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I feel like this episode, and you can tell me, Ella, this is where Joan starts becoming the best. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think of Joan? Uh, well, I've always loved her. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I wrote, in a heart, I wrote Joan equals beast. Yes. That's perfect. Yeah, (laughs) because she is. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Peggy is like, Betty comes in with her kids while Don is out. But he's not out with the art bitch. He's not out with the art bitch. But she We haven't even gotten to Don yet. Right. But Peggy thinks he is. Right. And is like, I don't know who to lie to, (laughs) is what she says. (laughs) Uh, And then Joan says, use your noodle. (laughs) Because (laughs) I I wrote Joan becomes the best Joan. Mm. Because she gets Peggy to tell her... Yes. What, the, the spill the tea, as the kids as, say, as say, last now. year. Right. And then it's just like, you shouldn't have told anybody that. Right. And also, this is what you should do. And it you doesn't already, matter. Right. You already knew to do this. You shouldn't yeah. have told me, but haha, bitch. <laughs> but when Peggy is in the room with Petty, Joan calls Don's <laughs> desk. And is like in a fur coat smoking. Just like, how's it going? <laughs> be joan she's the me too yeah i want to for be halloween like... i should be flamingo joan <gasps> it's an amazing portmanteau that involves a thing that doesn't exist with something fantastic <laughs> <laughs> flamingo jones very much exists you can print out the google results of yes. what happens when you yes. google flamingo jones and then just, you know, emphasize your curves. Exactly. Red hair. Done. I'm ready for it. 
Have a necklace with a pin. Yes. She always wears that. Um, okay, but listen, we glossed right over the art bitch. Yes. Um, so His he goes, first outing. Right. He goes over there. And I love when she was like, okay, that's all I wanted. You can go now. Mm-hmm. That's all I called you for. Um, <laughs> but they have this moment where it's like he's sort of admitting to her that she fulfills something in him that he doesn't get elsewhere. And, you know, mm-hmm. like he comes in. I love how she says, you know, you have this look on your face and I open the door and it all just kind of falls away. Yeah. You know, and then she says the line, I like being your medicine. And I was like, oh, yeah. shit. It's like he fulfills something that she wants. Right. Too. But it's still focused on him. <laughs> yes. It's still. Right. Um. But yeah. But that relationship is very interesting. It is. Because we're kind of dropped into the middle of it. We don't know how it started. Right. We don't really know what either of them expects, but we can kind of just feel that they, they're in two and spoiler alert next episode we get to see it even more <laughs> oh, good. but they're like two um just very different worlds and it is the collision of the 50s and the 60s like it is yes because she's that, very mm-hmm. much bohemian mm-hmm. and like coming into that sort of feminism and mm-hmm. you know owning her body and owning these relationships yeah but is still like, I like to be your medicine. Let me take care of you. Yes. And because she gets her feelings hurt when Don says, don't call me at the office. Right. Uh, yeah, she's she's a modern woman, but she's still a woman. Yeah. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> so that was the first time Don leaves and Peggy's like, I know where you're going. Yeah. But Don leaves another time and Peggy thinks he's going to see... His lady friend. But in fact, someone new shows up at the office. What do you think about this, Ashley? Well, now, listen. When she first came in and was like, I have a note for you. I was like, oh, this fucking art bitch. She's just fucking with his head. That's so true. It really did lead you to believe that, like, first she calls on the phone. Now she's showing up at the office. Right. But she says it's Adam Wigman and you see his face change. And I was like, oh, this is a bad guy. I thought it was somebody, like, out to get him. Okay. And it kind of is, like, someone he's been running from. Right. At some level. Right. And it is Whitman, like the sampler. Whitman, okay. But who is it, really? Well, right. His you brother. Tell me. It's his brother! Okay, yeah! His little tiny baby brother. His tiny little baby brother! Mm-hmm. Who's a janitor at the Empire State Building. I mean, cushy gig, if you ask me. And once again, calling him... Dick. Just Dick. like that guy on the train did. Right. It's like, right. who's Dick? Dick Whitman. Right. I'm, my, I'm Don Dropper. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do you think about all of this? About so so they go, they have coffee together and Don's like, This never happened. And then Right, Don is all over the place. At first he's yeah. like, I'm gonna buy your lunch. Yeah. Let me at least buy your lunch. And then he's like, I'm not buying your lunch because I don't exist. This didn't happen. Yeah. Uh-huh. But at lunch, he does admit, like, she wasn't my mother. Like, what? Ha- like, right. they're talking about a shared history and Don is right. admitting to it. At first, right. he's like, in case anyone's listening, I don't know who you are and right. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, right. No, then he, I mean, he very much admits to being who mm-hmm. Adam claims him to be. Yeah. So the impression that I get is... 
that this woman, that they're half brothers. Okay. That this woman wasn't Don's mom. Yeah. And was clearly mean or abusive or, you know, whatever to him. Because mm-hmm. he's real happy that the stomach cancer got her. <laughs> and that's like, I mean, all cancer's bad, but that's supposedly like. A bad one. An yeah. ugly, painful, especially yes. cancer. Yes. Yes. But this whole idea that he like faked his death. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that he had nothing to return for. I couldn't go back there, he said. I couldn't go back there. And of course, Adam's like, you couldn't have returned for me? Yeah, right. And later, Adam sends him a photograph of the two of them. And Don is in military dress. Right. And he's clearly like a grown man and Adam right. is a little boy. Right. So there's a big age difference. At least, you know, teenager style. Well, yeah, because Adam says that he was eight years old the last time he saw him Yeah, through the window. Yeah. In uniform, hiding through the window. Yeah. What was that about? What is that about? <laughs> I wrote Creepy Charlie, but I don't know what that means now. Oh, that's uh, Trudy. Oh, her, right, right, right. Her egghead-shaped right. ex-boyfriend. Right. Yeah, he was a creeper. So, yeah, so... Back to Boys Town. Back to Boys Town. <laughs> Pete, she, she just, like, whips out this, you know, short story or whatever and forces Trudy to read it and mm-hmm. then gets a little, is just searching for any kind of compliment that she can get out of it. And then mm-hmm. is like, hey, remember that guy who took your virginity? I need you <laughs> to get him to publish this somewhere so my daddy will be proud of me. Right. But also it's just, like, completely, at first it's almost like he doesn't, remember that Trudy and this Charlie Fittich have a history. Mm-hmm. But then at the end, it's like he was like, yeah, you do have a history and I need you to exploit it as oh, much yeah. as you can. Absolutely. You should have banged Charlie Creepyhead. Right. If you would have just given it up, I could have been in the fucking New Yorker. Mm-hmm. And yeah, fuck Pete. He's yeah. the worst. He's very selfish and just, like, wants nothing. He's just all about climbing and doesn't care who he who drags he down. on. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even his beautiful wife, Alison Brie, who is only in the best of everything. Yes. She is a goddess here on Earth. Yes. And how dare anyone. Yeah. And you know what? She should have just fucking fucked Charlie. Because he's taller. For he's taller. He's cuter. He's got They're probably equal amounts. He's got publishing connections. They're equal amounts of creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got a type of creepy She looking. does. She does. Yeah. And you know what, girl? Get yours. <laughs> I did notice her fashion. Oh? I know that's your thing. Yes. But I wrote that she looked like... An, she was dressed like an old aunt. <laughs> <laughs> does that help... Yes, that's that's fabulous. I okay, love it. Good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> on, the, on that fashion note, I guess it's more set dressing, but mm-hmm. the curtains in Creepy Charlie's office were amazing. They were mm. so cool. I have no recollection of them. Describe them to me. They were very mod. Okay. They were like blue, like royal blue and white with these like sort of rounded geometric patterns going down them. Like something oh. you would find in Ikea right now. I'm all in. Yeah, they were cool. Mid-century modern. 
That's exactly nice. what they were. Beautiful. I bet they did that on purpose. Well, odds are. <laughs> also, speaking of Trudy's fashion, mm-hmm. maybe this is what you're referring to, but when they're having dinner and Pete comes home, she's mm. wearing this, like, sailor collar, yeah. like, with a flap in the back thing. <laughs> yeah. That looks like an eight-year-old boy. Not an old <laughs> aunt, but an eight-year-old boy in a sailor costume. That's amazing. Uh, I... The old aunt outfit was what she was wearing in Charlie's office, where it's like the dress that has just a very flat front with a high, or mm-hmm. like the collar comes up to her neck, and then the blazery cardigan-y thing over it. Yes. I have no vocabulary for this. But it, it's like one of those outfits that my old aunt would wear because young people in the 60s wore it, right. old people in the 90s wore it, <laughs> and that's how style works. Yes. Um, when you're an old aunt, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you're, you become comfortable in what you wear at that age, right? And then you just continue, and it turns right. into old people style. <laughs> so that that's why when I'm eighty, I'll be wearing um, t-shirts and jeans, <laughs> just like I have my entire life. <laughs> and that's what old people will have worn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah, Pete comes home. And just, like, walks in the door, sets his briefcase down, and in one motion sits down to yeah. an entirely served yes. meal. Yes. And which which she serves to him. Yes. Like, she plates for him. Yes. She's, like, pouring his drink as mm-hmm. he walks in so that the ice isn't melted. Mm-hmm. Must be nice. Must be nice. And if they were in the big house that he eventually wants, I feel like the front door would be a little bit further away from the kitchen mm-hmm. table or the, the dining room table. Pete's a dick and I hate him. He's a dick. He, he, he points out that to get published in Boy's Life, it costs $40 to yes. submit it. Right. As opposed to, we know that Ken was paid about $100 right. for his work in the Atlantic Monthly. So that's not a good sign. Right. And then Pete says it was for a year's work. And so, like, he had been working on this shitty short story for a year. Right, right. And, like, that's not a good return. (laughs) And since when, like, since when is everybody in the world writers? Right? Like, why are all these people in their spare time Mm -hmm. just writers? Yeah. Like, why was Pete working on that for a year? Yeah. And that's what Roger says, is that, like, every office in this, every desk in this office has a first right. 10 pages of a manuscript in their bottom drawer. Right. I guess in the 60s, what else was there to do? I mean, what else was there to do? You couldn't start a podcast yet. You could not. <laughs> you could not. And it is like that little, because, um, who are, what are their names? I Paul and- Oh, the other people? Yeah, I should remember their names. Um, I'm terrible at names, so please don't ever ask me to remember them, because yeah. I won't. But like- the three of them, Harry, Paul, and Ken, nope, and Pete, I think that's their <laughs> names, they all g- go grumble in Pete's office, and, like, one of them says that, Ken, like, Ken's father was a banker, so I don't know, that, like, his he's not from wealth, he's not from money, he's mm-hmm. not a rich person. One of them, Harry is like, I can't believe he didn't tell us until he was published, Right. So it's like, he doesn't brag correctly. <laughs> right. And then I think Paul is like, he's not smart. He's not... So I, I wrote, not rich, not bragging, not smart. Like, they all three come at it like, they can't conceive of 
how he could go about doing this because they're not right. He doesn't have the value that they see right as valuable. Right. They're all know. real cranky about it. They're very cranky. They're about being it. little bitches. Little bitches. And Paul's the one who asks. He like comes and compliments Ken. And then just rips the pages out of the yes, paper. Right. It's so in weird. front of the girls. And the girls are like, that's hilarious. And I'm like, yeah. but it, is it? It's not. Yeah. It's not. And I love how this just chill Ken is about the whole thing. I like Ken very much. Yeah, I like him. He Like in the first couple episodes, he's a dick like everybody else, like all the other dudes are. Mm-hmm. But he, his character... It's like, oh, because he's a writer. (laughs) (laughs) And he's very, like, cool about Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ken's like a little bit of the anti-Pete in some ways. So Betty, throughout this, she... Her, like, thing that she keeps returning to is going to the summer house. Right. Where her dad lives. Or that her parents own. Right. And and she's a little bit fishing about who is Don's secret lady. And I think when she's spending time with Peggy, she's kind of feeling her out because she knows, hmm, right. this new secretary might be the person that my husband's sleeping with. Right. It probably helps that when Don is out missing, Peggy is not there. Right. She loves Peggy. Yeah. I think she legitimately... Is not threatened by Peggy. Well, right. I think it's a combination of you're not sleeping with my husband. Yeah. And you're just cute and sweet and, you know, a bumpkin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She's no, Peggy's no Joan and it's clear. Right. Um, Yeah, she definitely does not feel threatened. And then at the end, Betty suggests that they buy their own Mm -hmm. summer house. But little does she know, Don has just given away all of their savings. Right. Okay. So let's talk about this for a second. Let's talk about it. So this was a big moment. Yeah. Um. He goes and visits. First, he burns that picture. Uh-huh. So Adam sends him this letter, private letter, uh-huh. um, that says 5G. Uh-huh. Hashtag future. Hashtag uh, conspiracy theory. Uh-huh. And that picture that you mentioned. And Don burns it. I'm like, okay, well, he's done with this guy. Yeah. Goes home for the day. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the night, is like, I need to go back to the office. <laughs> and Betty's just like, okay, that makes <laughs> sense. See you, Don. Yeah. And there's something, like, in a desk drawer that he takes with him. Right. That we don't know what it is. Right. I thought it was a gun. It really felt, like, even knowing that that's not how this show works, <laughs> I was like, is Don going to go kill this man? Yeah. And that's... Up until the moment it came out of the briefcase. Yeah. And I mean, they kind of played it that way, right? Yes, like, 100%. with the quick camera cuts and yeah. him having his back turned and whatever. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But he pulls out a fat stack of cash. Oh, yeah. And he says this is $5,000. So immediately mm-hmm. I got online to figure out what that would be in modern Ooh. money. Yes, tell us. So five grand in 1960 works out to be... Uh, $38,546.79. That's a good little bank account. Yeah, that's a nice chunk of change. That's a, that's almost 40 grand. Yes. That you're just like, see my cat? Uh, yes. The frame. Um, He's coming to check on your bank receipts. <laughs> <laughs> he 
heard money being discussed. Exactly. He's like, you will not discuss money without my presence. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. If if you're not trying to live in Manhattan, 40 grand could get you... But so now here's here's the other thing I did. So... Oh, please. I then looked, because I was like, well, what could he really do with that much money? Like, could he buy mm-hmm. a house? What, Like, how much of a new life could he start? Okay. But the average house in 1960, the average home price, mm-hmm. was almost $12,000. Yeah. So it's not like he's buying a new He's not, like, sitting pretty. Right. So he could put a real healthy down payment on a house. Yeah. But would need to have a job to support it. Right. And not... Being the janitor at the yeah. Empire State Building. He couldn't retire off of it. But that's still a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Yeah. But the way Don, like, at the mm-hmm. end, like, leans into it, like, this is $5,000. Go start yeah. a new life. And I was like, whoo, how much of a life could he start? And, I mean, he could. But the way he said that in my mind, I was like, well, this guy's set for yeah. a year. Well, I mean, look at, so we don't know at this point what Don's deal is. But the impression we get is that they were poor mm-hmm. and in a bad way, mm-hmm. and Don has made himself into someone who gets his picture in advertising age. Right. And so, and Don says, I have a life, and it only goes in one direction. Okay, but forward. now wait a minute. Let's also think about this. Why was Adam Whitman looking at advertising age? He saw it in the trash while he was working. That's right. He does say that. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was like, plot hole! That's a really good point, but they definitely worked that in. Right. That he's just finding, he finds gin under the couch. Right. He finds advertising age in the trash. You know what? When you're a janitor, you find all the gems. Yeah. He's, uh, he's just squirreling stuff away all mm-hmm. over the place. He's making coffee at 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. in his little shitty apartment. So I think Don, his view of the world seems to be, you just, you make your, you make what you get. Like, mm-hmm. you move forward, here's starting funds, you can, anyone can do what I did. Don is very much, uh, we know he's hypocritical, but he very much thinks that other people can do, pull themselves up by their bootstraps and... <clears throat> yeah. Well, I think there's definitely more that's hiding. Mm-hmm. Because you he think? is... Well, yes. This is an early prediction. Okay. That da- Dick Whitman... Uh-huh. There's something else that happened or went down. Yeah. Um, because why is he so adamant? Yeah. So adamant that, that this doesn't come to light. Mm-hmm. That Adam go back to thinking he's dead. Yeah. That this just be done and he continues as Don Dropper. Yeah. That it's not just that he changed his name. Right. And it's not just yeah. that, you know, he's successful now and... Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't want to go back to being poor. Like, something happened mm-hmm. that he's very much very concerned that the new people in his life will find out about. Yeah. Because if it's just a matter of, I was poor and now I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, Betty could meet his brother. Right. You know? Yeah. He, he He's hiding it from her. Mm-hmm. And I think... In a previous episode, she had, like, asked him about his childhood, mm-hmm. and and he evaded the question. Mm-hmm. So he yep. definitely doesn't like talking about it. Um, Ferris is now trying to become very involved in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just point out, Don getting rid of $5,000 secret from his wife right. is an executive account move. Right. 
And that was clearly already that money was mm-hmm. executive right. account. Yeah. It was just hidden in a drawer in stacks yeah. of cash. Yeah. The bank executive says his customers were already doing it. Exactly. And so Don's already doing it. Yeah, so Don, when they go and they pitch that idea to the account executive, he, first he lets Paul do it just because mm-hmm. he's like, I'm thinking about shit. He's in a mood. And, yeah. And then the account guy starts laughing and Don is disgusted. Mm-hmm. He's like, why is it so funny that men do this thing that I am actively doing? Right. Don really doesn't like it when people point out that he is exactly what he is. <laughs> you know what? I would say most men in the 60s did not appreciate that True. being called out or having a yeah. lens turned on them. Mm-hmm. Also men now, also everybody now. That's- <laughs> Also, me. <laughs> Please don't point out my flaws. Let me just. I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> Please don't. I have so many, and I'm keeping them from myself. So this private account also comes in when Joan and Peggy have their final conversation, and Pe- Joan is like, "I've always wondered why he's ignored me." <laughs> Um, yes. Because he's too good looking. He, right. he can get tail outside of the office. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. She's like, ah, it all makes sense now. Uh-huh. And Joan says it's their private life. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a private account. Look at that. And and then Peggy says, this job is odd. And Joan <laughs> says, but it's the best. <laughs> I love Joan, and I love Joan and Peggy being catty with each other. Yeah. Like, Joan and Peggy is, like, my favorite relationship in this entire series. Yeah. 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 I mm-hmm. I love Joan mm-hmm. so much. And I always yeah. knew that I would, even just watching the commercials back in the day. I'm like, I don't know who yeah. that busty girl is, but I like mm-hmm. her. Yeah. She's the hero like she's my i think men will watch mad men and they want to be don draper women watch mad men and they want to be joan for sure i want to be flamingo joan (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i like i'm I'm writing this down just in case i ever forget anything baguette gazette and flamingo joan yeah really nailing it yeah i mean what else a, do we need to yeah, tell us? I mean, that was just a hell of an episode. There was a yes. lot that came to light. Yes. And a lot of foreshadowing, in a mm-hmm. way. Because this is... We're, like, into the season now. Also, for... Hang on a second. Let's just talk about how, all of a sudden, Betty is fine. She's not anxious. Her little oh. hands <laughs> aren't clamming up anymore. All of a sudden, she's not crashing her kids into trees anymore. <laughs> um, yes. She's still a make... bad actress, so we don't have to worry about that. Oh, my God. I I have to keep myself from referring to episode six, because you just wait. Oh, boy. <laughs> episode six is a doozy okay. when it comes to bad the acting. quality of Beg- Betty's acting. Oh, good. And January Jones, if you're listening, you're no Flamingo Jones. Let's just say that. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Who has she attempted to murder? (laughs) Other than than the art of theater. (laughs) (laughs) 
Also, other than your children right. when you're just right. wrecking at a very slow pace in your neighborhood. <laughs> uh, Betty and Francine, the... Perpetually pregnant. Perpetually pregnant Patty. Um, <laughs> they talk about the family portraits, which... Which were Don terrible. Just has the dumbest face. He's like... like <laughs> Like, how hard was it when they were doing that for the photographer to get John Hamm to look bad in a yeah, photo? Yeah, right. Like, that must have been a challenge. Right? Uh, they were like, no, no, John, look stupider. <laughs> <laughs> no, John, you still look handsome. Look stupider. Stop it, John. They were like, actually, John, just, like, talk. Because you know how when you're talking right. and someone takes a picture, it looks bad? Right. But if you pause intentionally you're gonna burn the lens with your handsomeness uh also he has to be behind the couch so that his junk doesn't yes show, right right which is another famous john ham problem <laughs> oh don dropper betty totally hates them but hey better than helen bishop's sad ass oh, family portrait yes. there's a big old hole in that one it's better to have this lying, cheating, yes. philandering, money squandering, right. funny looking guy in your picture than no one. <laughs> and Sally looks fat. It's better, and Sally looks fat. I loved that line. <laughs> yeah, it's better to be miserable and mm-hmm. with someone than independent and happy. Yes. That is that's, what I have learned. That's Betty's entire philosophy on yes. life. Right. Uh,. But she and Francine both say they feel dumb and unwelcome in their husband's offices. Yeah, I love how she was like, I feel like I'll get the royal treatment when I go there. Mm -hmm. But why? (sighs) Who cares about you, Betty? He's off banging the art bitch. Yeah. He's, he's got, like, every, every woman in the office is just a potential, like, smoochy face for all the men. Right. And so... A legitimate bride coming in is either a th- is a threat mm-hmm. to the women and is off limits to the men. Right. So, well, and who also cares? fucking Peggy sat in there and entertained you for Lord knows how long. I say, yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah, it's it's just that Peggy is bad at entertaining. <laughs> but if she was good, she would be a threat. So, like, right. what do you right. want? So there are. I I took um. The relationship between Don and Peggy is is this constantly growing thing. Um, and there are some knowing looks exchanged between them in this episode. Mm-hmm. One, when he leaves with Betty and and she's like, he's like, don't worry about it. Like, right. you did fine. Right. One is when she gives him the envelope and she's like, I didn't open this secret envelope. Right. And then another one is when he leaves for the day. And she's like, oh, you're leaving? And right. he says, for the day. Right. Call my house where I'll be because <laughs> I'm a good person. Right. But it's still, it's that kind of thing of, there are these knowing looks where they know that there's something happening. But Don is not mad at her. Like, Don right. is actually like, you're doing good. Thank right. you for Cover covering my ass. Me. Yeah. Yeah. And is not like, it's none of your business. Um. And so it's this, like, weird little, she's becoming something of a confidant, but not 
explicit. Well, she's becoming a good secretary. That's true. Right? Because back in the 1960s, -hmm. that's what a secretary would have to do. And that's how it would be communicated. Right? It wouldn't be communicated. It would be Mm -hmm. with looks and call my house. I think Don, more than others, is... Won't let... He won't acknowledge that kind of thing, though, for most people. I think for most people, he won't... It wouldn't be a knowing look. It would be like, what? Like, I don't know anything. I don't know what you're implying. And I think letting Betty... No, Peggy... (laughs) get a little bit see a little bit inside like we see inside dawn a little bit in this episode oh yeah like he tears up when he tells adam that he or like he kind of gets that like you know his eyes are shiny right i i really feel emotion look when i think he's telling adam that he did miss him or something like that um oh and also let's talk about poor adam Oh yeah. At the end, you know, when he gives him all the money, I don't mm-hmm. I don't think that that's why he came to see him. I don't think he no. was trying to exploit him, you know. And you can tell that when he fucking breaks down. Mhm. Once he takes the money and hugs him and, you know, mm-hmm. has to sort of agree to not continue a relationship. It made me yeah. so sad. So sad. Yeah. Cuz he I mean, he's just a sweet country bumpkin. He's a sweet country bumpkin. Mhm. And his big brother left and was hiding from him and he thought he died. Right. And his life uh, was probably real hard. Yeah. Because he was living in the same place that Don was uh, is, running away from. Yeah. Um, Don's kind of a dick. Don. <laughs> dick is kind of a dick. It's <laughs> a real dick Whitman over hey. here. Yeah. He, he has to. I'm trying to think. That's That's like a theme in, I think, a lot of literature or whatever is just having to oh i'm thinking of ulysses Uh, (laughs) the way stephen dedalus has to leave ireland and he's got like 10 siblings and they are literally their their mom died their dad is drinking away all their money and they're just like begging for anything to eat and he's like i'll get drowned with them if i stay um and I'm also, I think it's the Glass Menagerie, where the brother leaves his sister behind because he had, like, just that, uh, and it's a very, like, man-centric thing, where mm-hmm. a man leaves his family to do the best for himself, mm-hmm. and just is unable to support the siblings, and, he, and sometimes, like, the mom or whoever right. that he leaves behind. Right. But otherwise, it's like... It's kind of the trolley problem of do yeah. you kill this many people or do you kill that many people and yourself? Right. Like it's so there's a little bit of that with Don, but it yeah. also sucks. Yeah. Because at this point, he could, he's a grown man. He well, could right. do whatever he wanted. Right. Yeah. And the yeah. bitch mom is dead and the shitty uncle mm-hmm. apparently is dead. But that's why I'm saying there's something greater. Yeah. That he there's needs to happening. keep Adam away from so yeah. people don't find out. Right, like, the very last line of the episode, when Betty and Don, Don's like, you know, I don't think we should buy a house, a summer house this year. <laughs> and Don's like, good, because I like seeing my dad. Mm-hmm. And guess who doesn't like seeing mm-hmm. anybody? <laughs> um, any other, any other notes that you have? 
No, those were all my notes. That was a hell of an episode. Hell of an episode. Do you have, or what are, your predictions for what we'll see in the next Girl, you know I've got them. Oh, let's hear them. (laughs) Okay, well, clearly there's going to be a lot of bad Betty acting. (laughs) Yeah, there... So, I'm going to say the reason for that Uh is... uh, Oh, oh, I'm going to say Betty... Somehow she comes to the city to to see Don at work. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's going back to her therapist, and she runs into Midge, the art bitch. Oh, and okay. they're at they're at a coffee shop, and they strike strike up a conversation. <laughs> okay, neither of them know who the other one is, and they become Ooh. friends. <laughs> and Betty has to pretend how to know how to be a decent human and have a friend. (laughs) So this is becoming like a Judd Apatow movie. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Yes, Um, either that or she and Don get in a big fight because mm -hmm. she figures out that the big stack of cash that used to be in the drawer isn't there Mm -hmm. anymore. She didn't know what it was. Okay. Like, what were these papers that aren't here anymore, Donny boy? <laughs> so she knew there were papers there. Right, but she didn't know what it was. She's She has some kind of paper sensing, <laughs> like a metal detector, but for paper? So she had seen it, but she didn't know that okay. it was money, because she's too stupid. Okay, <laughs> she saw the money. <laughs> she saw the money, but thought it was just stacks of paper. Um, And then okay. was looking for a pen... In that yeah. drawer, no longer saw the stacks of paper and got suspicious. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and had to deal with Don about that. So it's either that she and Midge are best friends. Yeah. Or yeah. that she's confused about what money is. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I also predict that Trudy is going to go mm-hmm. back and sleep with uh, Creepy Charlie. Okay. But not to get Pete published, just to fucking do it. Just All to right. get some for her. Okay. Um, so you think Trudy's just gonna become a... Get that... Get that dick, uh, girl. Uh, and she'd be the strumpet trumpet. She uh, will be the strumpet trumpet. Okay. Yeah. Any predictions for anything else? Um, Anyone else? Peggy is going to start more actively spying on Don. She's going to, like, plant a recording device uh, on his person. Okay. All right, so it becomes, like, a Shonda Rhimes vehicle yes, now. Right. <laughs> it's a Judd Apatow, Shonda Rhimes co-production. That we've all been We've been waiting for. for. Yes. It's the episode that the world needs right now. Absolutely. And needed, what, 10 years ago, whenever it originally aired? This is, uh, 13 now. Oh, boy. Incredible. Truly incredible. Oh, my other oh, financial hi. advisor has entered the room. Hi, Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> um, the lingo. Yes, please. That they will use mm-hmm. will be pantaloons. <laughs> And or knickers. (laughs) 
is there's someone's gonna be talking about old timey underwear. Yes. One way or the other. Yes. Oh man. Yes. Solid. Thank you. And you know what? I think what needs to happen with these predictions mm-hmm. is that if they don't come true, mm-hmm. and that is a big if, Listen, because you are... I'm spot on. Spot on every time, <laughs> is that, that this series needs to be created. Uh, you know what? I really like that idea. Like... That we, once I, we have all these predictions and the podcast yeah. is done, then we start the YouTube channel making the show yes. that should have been. Yes. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> Can that actually now be... This is now the goal of Mad Women. Perfect. Is uh, the Mad Women series. Yes. Which is just called Ashley Predicts. Yes. And there and will, in this in this series, mm-hmm. there is a Don yeah. Dropper and a Flamingo yes. Joan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's obviously what we need. Okay. Um, Great. All right. We have goals. I'm s- it's so good to have goals. It is good. Um, oh, man. Well, we did it. Been... It's four months later. Yes. I mean, we we didn't say it, but this episode completely took place on August 8th, 1960. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's canon. This show, that's yeah. why we had to wait so long. Yeah. It cause... wasn't us. It was the show. Right. We had to wait. Because we're just responsible Podcasters, exactly. Potties. Good old potties. (laughs) All right. Well, this has been, thank you for joining us for Mad Women, which this has been. (laughs) And as we say every episode. I don't remember. It's been four months. uh, Oh, Merry Christmas to all. Merry Mad Men to all. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for saying it because I definitely (laughs) couldn't quite figure it out. Merry Merry Mad Men Men to to all. all. And to all, a good good night. Nope, do it wrong every time. That's all right. Thank you for listening to Mad Women. Mad Women is engineered by Ashley Davis, music by Kate E. Britt, and graphics by Dylan Anderson. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RadMadWomen. Production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.